Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The following is a CA original. Pouncer, the Palm Squad. Pre- and post-game parties on Beale Street. It's all part of the Memphis Tigers basketball game day experience. This is the Tiger Basketball Podcast. What's happening, Tiger basketball fans? We are back for a long-awaited edition of the Tiger Basketball Podcast. I'm Mark Giannato, the commercial Peel Sports columnist. I'm joined by Jason Munns, our Tiger Basketball beat writer. Uh, we are coming to you uh, a little less than 48 hours uh, after Memphis loses its second game of the year to Georgia, a, a, a 562 loss. Uh, uh, no... DJ Jeffries in the game, uh, and uh, now we head in. There's no more. There's no more non-conference games. Uh, there Not in the is, regular season. No, um, and, and we have a big one against Wichita State on Thursday in Wichita. Um, we'll get to that. We'll break down the Georgia game. We'll talk about what seems like. I, it's interesting to me, Jason, because what I found fascinating about the Georgia game is aside from the DJJ Jeff part, and let's be clear, clear win that game if DJ, DJJ plays. Yeah, there's no way, to, no way to sort of draw that conclusion. I mean, a lot of times time plus two doesn't, or sometimes two plus two doesn't equal four, but in this case, if you have a guy who's averaging roughly 13 points a game, you know, and, and doing all sorts of other things to affect the game, then the only logical conclusion to draw is that you win a game that you ultimately lost by three points. What I find interesting, though, is a lot of the issues that cause them to like take out the DJ part. The issues that cause them to lose that game against Georgia were already there before, and and no one's really talking about them. About them, but they were winning, and and I don't think anyone's really talk, talking about if they win that game against Georgia. They were turning the ball over a lot before. They were a shaky free throw shooting team before. They're Big men, other than Precious Achua, had been, you know, inconsistent at best and non-existent a lot of times. And the lineups had been very – the lineups and rotations had not been consistent. Did you mention free throws? Yes. Okay. All of that had occurred. The one thing that changed in this game, and again, I think it's attributable to DJ not being there, partly, is in the, in the last four minutes, they were not, were not able – to execute like they had in the Ole Miss game, like they did in the Ole Miss game when they needed to make plays, they made plays. In the Tennessee game, when they needed to make plays late, they made plays late. Even in the Tulane game, uh, before this Georgia game, when it got down to it and, and Tulane closed the gap in the last four or five minutes, Memphis made all the plays late. They didn't in this one. And and to me, part of that is a little inevitable. Like you're not it's it's not going to be like that every game where you and ju- you're just the team that that wins in crunch time. So part of this feels like a part of that Georgia loss felt like a little bit of reversion to the mean in a way, like they were due for something like that. At the same time, 
it felt like a wasted opportunity because you held Anthony Edwards to four of seventeen shooting. It was and it was a home game against a team that going into the game, according to Ken Palm, was the tenth best team in the SEC. Uh, yeah, on national TV, you know, yeah. all that sort of stuff too plays a factor. But but I'm curious what you think. There's a, there's now a I guess I guess narrative that's that's increasing. I think, and it will it will get louder if they lose to Wichita State on Thursday. But that this is a out of vulnerable is the right word, but this is a team that's not as good as what its record maybe suggested. Um, I'm curious what you think about that. I mean, you could argue it both ways. I mean, yes, they did a lot of things and have been doing quite a lot of things. Um, I don't know if poorly is the right word, just not great. You know, I mean, this was, if you're, if you, you know, a lot of people expected this team to be great and they're doing quite a, you know, at least of things not great, great. Turning the ball over too much. Not a, not a very good free throw shooting team. Um, you know, those sorts of things. So, but at the same time, they have been winning. They've only lost twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's one loss. Yeah. And it is just one loss. And so, so they, they have been. And no one would be saying this if they, if they make a bucket or hit a free throw late. That's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, it's like let's be honest here. I mean, if 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 Lester Kinyonis's three point shot goes down, this is all moot. Mm-hmm. If one of Tyler Harris's four three pointers that he took in that game goes down, we're not talking like this. Yeah. Um. You, you know, certain there there, I would say say at least a, a dozen things that if one of one of happened differently differently than how it actually happened in that game. Memphis wins, and not the least of which is, like you alluded to and talked about earlier, DJ Jeffers not getting sick uh, before mm-hmm. the game. And I would, but I would even go so far as to say that the timing of that, yes, through so through everybody. I mean, the game plan it was literally was, the last second. Like when yeah. I when it was like in the last few minutes before they came out on the court, DJ told him he couldn't go, and yeah. I think they had a game plan as if DJ was in the lineup. And they had to completely change things on the fly. My question to you: If it, if it's anybody else, throw the game plan on plan all that much as much as it probably did with DJ for DJ. If it was precious, yes. yeah, precious. Yeah. But no, you have the the problem. Memphis had, they have depth at the guard spots where if if Boogie had come up sick, if Boogie had been sick. They've got depth there, and yep. it's not like Boogie's lighting the world on fire. Right. Maybe if Alo got hurt, like Alo, I think is is yeah. hugely important. Um, if Alo got sick like that, but you saw in that game, they had no other like they couldn't rely on Lance Thomas no. or Malcolm Dandridge or Isaiah Maurice. And Precious got tired towards the end. Although I still think he and and everyone acknowledged it, he needed to get the ball late, and he yeah. didn't touch it after he hit a three pointer with four thirty five, and that was the last field goal Memphis got. Now part of that is Tom Crean. I mean, Tom Crean's a very good yes. coach. He made sure that you know. Well, they, it was interesting listening after the game when I asked I asked Anthony Edwards in the press conference. I go, you know, they didn't score. They can get another field goal over the last four thirty-five of the game, and they got one point. What did you guys do? Like, what did you do differently? And Anthony Edwards had an interesting answer. He basically said, "We realized number two, Alex, Alex Lomax, Lomax, was not was not penetrating to score. He was penetrating to create for others and and to facilitate. And so, what we did, what we changed defensively, is they basically were like, we're not going to let him facilitate, and they they almost." I don't know if dared Alo to score, 
but they they changed their defensive philosophy where they were not going to allow him to set up to create for others. He was going to need to create for himself. And in other games, to be honest, Alo's done a nice job of that. Um, and then what was fascinating is after Alo, when he came into the press conference afterwards, basically said, "I needed to do a better job creating for Precious and Boogie and Lester down the stretch." Essentially, what he didn't. Uh, realize is that he was playing right into what Tom Crean wanted him to do and so yes it was a, I mean honestly let's be let's be real it was a game where Tom Crean outcoached Penny Hardaway which is not a knock on Penny I mean, it's Tom just Crean- it happens like Tom Crean's been outcoached by other yeah, people that's and right. like Penny has outcoached other people in other games like you don't it just like you don't execute down the stretch in the last four minutes every every you don't necessarily out out someone in every game. Now, and, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, sorry to but, interrupt you. But I would just say, to the larger point, I still felt like that game was more of a blip than like a trend. Yeah. I, it felt more like, you know, if you, you know, just the fact that you don't have DJ, who's a guy who would have helped your issues down the stretch because he can create his own shot. And he's and he's got some size. He's got some length. He's at least as tall as the tallest guy on on Georgia's roster. Well, and and then you can play him with Precious. That's you right. get more size. They they just had had some, because they can't rely, rely on those big men. And and, and it'll be interesting to see if they do because Penny indicated he's going to have to just trust those big guys. Lance, Malcolm, Isaiah, and they really just need one of them. They need yeah. one of those guys. To, and it doesn't have to be the same guy every game. Right. But they need one of them to provide some rebounding, some toughness. Lance did okay in the first half, I thought. He did. Um, but the fact that he wants to play on the perimeter is really – it just doesn't fit with what they need. Um, like, I, I don't know. I mean – I'll be honest. I, I always was dubious about the about him last year, um, because because out to people like he looks a lot like the guy who only got into twelve games at Louisville. Yeah. Um, to be quite honest, I wonder if if that that talk then, of Lance Thomas like wanting to play more on the perimeter is not so much that as much as it is we're not getting, you know. We're not getting a ton of value out of him um, inside. Inside, so we got. We well, got where's to do the guy who was in the Bahamas? Like I'd, even I'd like the even know. like even getting like you just need to get something, and he feels like the, the most likely candidate to step up. To yeah. step up. Like Malcolm looks is is he just he looks a little fish out of water a lot of times in these games. He's like a physical specimen, but he he was out for a long time with a knee injury. And so he's still trying to get back physically. Plus, then you add in the fact that he is an 18-year-old freshman who playing college basketball for the first time. I think thinking you can rely, you know, you can really rely on him feels like a stretch for this season. And then Isaiah Maurice, I don't know. He has little brief glimpses, but um, if I, I don't. I, I don't care to watch him get out rebounded and outsold underneath. It feels like Lance is the guy. Right. If there's gonna be And it's one. not even like he doesn't have to be the guy in the Bahamas. Like they don't need that. They need someone who can give him ten to fifteen decent minutes a game where he plays solid defensively and helps precious on the glass. And and just 
you can give a guy who can give DJ and Precious a blow, essentially. Yeah. And so I've said to, to answer the question. I don't know if I answered it um, exactly before, but like, but like, you know, to answer the question of whether or not this is a trend or a blip, I, I'm a big. I've said this many many times on here and many times elsewhere. If you win a game, everything evens out. So Memphis won a game or two at least that they probably shouldn't have won earlier this year. Um, and so I feel like because of that, you're going to lose a game that you're probably not supposed to lose. Um, and, and like I said, everything everything tends to even out. And so this was, in my mind, this is what that – I would chalk this up to that. You know, you 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 weren't supposed to lose to George to George home, but you probably weren't also supposed to, you know, beat Tennessee on the road, or you weren't supposed you, you to. Pro- I mean, you, you, when you think about it, they lose that lately that lead to Ole Miss, but they hold on. There was there was a play. There was that play where, uh, was it Schuler or the other guard? I forget. One of the guards on Ole Miss. Looks like he's taking a three and got fouled while he's shooting by Alex Lomax, right. but they don't call it a three point foul. Yeah, I don't remember if it was uh uh Tyree or, or Schuler, but it was one Yeah, it was two. I think it was Brian Tyree. Yeah. And that goes your way. Right, right. Yeah, and then they then, got a lot of breaks and this yes. one they just they just didn't very many breaks. Yeah. Yes. It it evens now, evens. Now out. here's and, and like and like I said, I I think I, I wrote this in my column after the game. I still think you know, what what's proven out is the, the AAC is wide open, and oh. it in in some ways you could argue it's you know whoever wins this game between Memphis and Wichita feels like will be the favorite, the early favorite to win the AAC, um, because the AAC appears to be a three team league this year. It, it seems like yeah. it's Memphis, Wichita State, and Houston. Um, Cincinnati just lost it to Tulane. Looks like they don't they don't even like their co- the new co- coat. Um, UConn is far, far, um, um, Dan Hurley is, is, you know, basically declaring all his veterans bums. Yeah. Um, he's wondering out loud after USF has dealt with injuries. So it appears it's a three team league, but here's where the, the reason, the, the reason the Georgia game hurts. And I wrote about this ahead of it is the schedule, the schedule Memphis is playing is just not very good. It just hasn't turned out to be very good. Like Oregon was a good game and they lost it. NC State. So I'm, I'm looking at the the new net rankings are out, Jason. And okay. so, so as you know, when you're determining NCAA births and seeds, it, it go they they now determine things by quadrant one wins are the best, then quadrant two, three, four. So going into Saturday, so right, as of right now, Memphis has. Um, so this is interesting. Memphis only has one quadrant win, one win now because Tennessee has fallen apart since losing to Memphis. So that game was a quadrant one win a week ago. Tennessee has now fallen to 80th in the net newest net rankings, and quadrant one win. When, but if you beat some home, who's number one, number one through three. If you beat someone on a neutral court who's one through fifty, and if you beat someone on the road in a true road game one through seventy-five, that's a quadrant one win. So now Tennessee is at eighty, so that is no longer qualifies a quadrant one win. NC State, who just lost to Clemson uh, in a ACC play, um, and is now zero and two in ACC play, I believe. Um, 
That is still a quadrant one win because it was in Brooklyn, but they're number 45 now. So they're right on the edge. Like, they're on the edge here right. of not having a quadrant. Well, like, if NC State loses another game, yeah. Memphis will not have a quadrant one win. Now, the good news is Thursday is a quadrant one opportunity. Wichita State is... In and will the, probably stay that way. Yes. It's an away game, too. So, yeah. like, Wichita State is number nine in the newest net ranking. So this this is a quadrant one opportunity. The problem is Memphis just doesn't... They, with what we just mentioned about the AAC, as of Thursday, I'm going to have to check these newest, newest they just came out. There were only... only um, there were only Memphis was only going to have, and it's still true as of right now, three more quadrant one win opportunities: the two games against Wichita State, home and away, and then the away game against Houston. That's it, um, because Cincinnati is not in the top seventy-five, so that road game won't, is as of now not a quadrant one game. Oh, here we go. SMU has now moved up. So they have one more because SMU is number sixty-two in the in the ranking. So the SMU game on the road, road as of now is a quadrant one opportunity. But that's essentially four games, four more chances to get quadrant one wins. And so it's why that Georgia game hurts, even though Georgia does not. That was not that was a quadrant two game, I believe. Um, although Georgia's Georgia's thirty-six in the net rankings, but it was an opportunity to get a decent win. Yeah. Um, and there's just not that many opportunities left on the schedule. And I'm not suggesting one loss makes them a bubble team, but I just think, I, I think the only way they're going to get a top four seed is if they run through the AACC. And I think, think we saw Saturday is, is that they don't have a huge margin for error. Certainly not as big as they would have, if James Wiseman was still around. And it's just going to be, like, I think they can win the AAC, but I don't think they're going to win it going 16-2. and two. Yeah. I think it's going to be more like 13-5, and 14-4, because the league, there's not really a dominant team in the league. Maybe it's Wichita State, who just, by the way, beat Ole Miss by 20 at home. Right. So it's going to be fascinating to see how this all, it, it's, it's, it's gonna be fascinating to see how it unfolds for Memphis because it's one game gate didn't didn't change anything, but it also just made you aware of a lot of the things that were already transpiring beneath the surface of this ten game winning streak. Like the schedule wasn't didn't turn out to be as good. I I didn't think it was good to begin with, but I think it's ended up being even worse than yeah, I thought yeah. schedule wise. And then obviously without James Wiseman. Um, that changed things slightly, and then there's just the flaws that they have are inevitable. Some of them, you know, turnovers. When you have this many freshmen and sophomores, you're relying on turnovers, and you play at a high, fast pace. Turnovers are inevitable. Free throw shooting. Hope that can be corrected, but that's that's a program issue dating back a long time. Mm-hmm. To be honest, yeah. for whatever reason, Memphis just doesn't seem to ever have great free throw shooting team. Free throw shooting teams. The three point shooting is worse than we thought it was going to be. The defense is better than we thought it was going to be. Right. Um, and, you know, Precious is coming into his own. Alo has been better than we thought. Boogie has not been as good as we thought. Um, DJ, I think, has, has exceeded expectations. Lance has not. 
Um, you, you've all these things were happening before they lost to Georgia. It's just a loss, kind of reminds you. Know, it brings them to the forefront. Yeah, more. yeah, they're a lot. They're a lot more glaring uh, in a lo- in defeat than they are otherwise. Uh, talking about that, you mentioned margin for error. Um, and I ask because these just came out, so don't look them up yet. But how far do you, how far does a law does a home loss to Georgia drop you in the AP poll? Do you know? You're not looking at it, are you? In your mind, nine. I'm gonna say probably in the like in, like, in that there were nine, right? Yeah. I'm gonna say it drops from ten spots to nineteen. More. More. Twenty one. 21. That's where Gary Parrish had him. I mean, here's what I think that loss drew people's attention to uh, their wins are not like Ole Miss is not good. Right. You know, NC State is a bubble team, maybe. Um, And yeah, the schedule just Tennessee is falling off a cliff right now. Like they don't have a great win on their resume yet. Yep. Yeah, um, that's, that's now, Thursday would qualify, I think, as a great win. That win at Wichita State, State um, that, that, would, that, that, would, that would change the whole, the whole deal. It's really hard to win at Wichita State. Now, Memphis did it last year, but this appears to be a, a better Wichita yeah. State team, a year older. Um, Dexter Dennis is back. I believe they were missing him when they when they almost lost to ECU at home a couple games ago. That's right. But Dexter Dennis came back, and they blew out uh, Ole Miss the other day. Yeah, and it's just it, that's the, what's so wild about it. They were lo- Wichita State was losing to East Carolina at home inside the final minute of the game. It's conference first play, conference play. But but so, Wichita State's own, its own losses to West Virginia, Virginia looks to be a Big Twelve like a Big Twelve contender in Mexico. Yeah, at the Cancun. They have Island. wins over South Carolina, who's not very good. Oklahoma State, who appears decent, Oklahoma, VCU. Um, and then they just beat Ole Miss, who doesn't look very good. Um, but, no, this feels like a, it's not a must win. But, like I said, I think the winner of this will be the early kind of the team everyone will point to as the early favorite to win the league. Uh, it's not necessarily like this would be great. In the, it's going to. It will create a panic if if Memphis loses this game because because it'd be in a row. But in reality, if you look at this game in a vacuum, it'd be gravy if Memphis won it. It's yeah. hard to win at Wichita State, and this is a good Wichita State team. Um, yeah, they're eleven and zero at Coke Arena this yes. uh, this year. They haven't lost since they lost to Memphis at home. That's right. Um, yeah. And that game took what like fifty something. Memphis had to score fifty something in the second half, and. Uh, they play. That was their probably their best. It's probably arguably, I mean, Penny called that Tennessee win the best of his college career. I think looking back now, because that Tennessee team doesn't appear to be very good. Like that's probably the best win of his, his career with the circumstances. The second best win of his career is the Wichita State win last year on the road. Yeah. Um. And it was it, like late February, I think it was, or mid mid late February, something like that. But yeah, that's and look, the last this time. feels like it's going to be a similar game to Georgia. I mean, this is a top fifteen defensive team in the country according to Ken Palm, um, and they're, they're they're top fifteen defensively, um, and they don't turn the ball over much. They're a really good offensive rebounding team. It, it, it's going to be a difficult matchup for Memphis. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um. It, it doesn't. Now, one thing they don't do well 
is they foul a lot, and you can get to the free throw line. But that doesn't necessarily play into Memphis's yeah. hands, as we've illustrated. Um, and they're not they're not a great they're fu- they're okay at three point shooting. They're not great. It doesn't see it doesn't look like they come up with a ton of steals, but at the same time, Memphis turns the ball over more than the average bear. Um, so I don't know. It, it seems like where Wichita State is 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 a little weaker than than their strong suits. Um, it's not going it, to. It doesn't necessarily hurt them to be weak in those spots against this Memphis team. It seems like they match up pretty well um, against Memphis. And yeah, I mean, I, I've never I've never been to a game at Wichita State, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't either. Oh, okay. And it's just it's uh, but. I mean, it's going to be a sold-out crowd. It's going to be, it's going to be like Tennessee. It's going to—that's that's the type of environment this team's going to walk into. And does it hold that many people? No, it's like twelve thousand. But it's like that—that that intensity is what yeah, it's what yeah, about. Yeah. Like even for the ECU game, when you watched it on TV, it was it was intense. Um, I mean, that's it's Wichita. What else do those people have to do uh, <laughs> besides go to the Wichita State basketball game? And you know, it's it's Greg Marshall. I mean, he is a great coach, yeah. and they play a certain style. Even last year, last year's team, they lost to Memphis at the towards the end of the year, but that was like the only loss they had until the uh, NIT Final Four. Like they were playing really well at the end of last year, and it's carried over into this year. And um, you know, Eric Stevenson playing really well. He he's probably their best offensive offensiver. Um, six three sophomore. Um, and he takes, I guess, a quarter of their shots. Trey Wade is a six six forward. He's like that classic. I mean, he's a great offensive rebounder. Um, for six six, he's a guy who Memphis is gonna have to figure out a way to keep off the glass. Um, and uh, and then they've got a good point guard in uh, Jamarius Burton, a big point guard, a guy who I think. Damian, this is going to be an important game for, for Damian Ball because I think he, he matches up well with Jamarius Burton. And so, so I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know if Memphis can, is going to win the game. I just would caution you on panicking if they say they lose. Like, if they get blown out, yes, I think you, you there's some cause for, cause for concern. If they lose a close game on the road to Wichita State, I would just, I would just remind you that Take it as to like this. This is a game again on the road at Wichita State is like gravy, uh, yeah. especially without James Wiseman. Um, hopefully, you have DJ Jeffries back for this one. Um, obviously, it becomes a really you know really tough task if he's not playing. Yeah, um, but I, but I also think I I think Penny. It'll be interesting. I'm interested to hear Penny reflect. On what happened in the Georgia game, because it feels like to me, I'm correct me if I'm wrong here. I, it just feels like he's he he feels unsettled in in terms of his personnel. Like I I I think he knows Alex Lomax is his best point guard, and he knows Precious and and Jeffries are his two best players, and I think he knows that Lester Quinones is when, when is, it comes to crunch time, he's your your fourth guy. I don't think he knows about anyone else on the team. I think he's yeah. un, I think he's unsettled 
about everyone else on the team, and I think I, I think everyone is a little bit like they're not sure. He's not sure what he's gonna get from everyone else. Yeah, I would say that's that's and and I think fair. you it's reflected in some people have talked to me like the lineup season. I think that's a reflection of that the fact that he he doesn't seem to have a a go to lineup that he really likes, and I think it's because because. There's really four guys he can feel he re- can rely on, and one of them's only been back in the lineup for two games, and one of them missed the last game. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why you've seen these inconsistent lineups and why you know, sometimes he'll, like, you know, at the beginning of the second half the other day, he, he goes out with the starters, with Baugh, Boogie, um, Lester, Precious and Isaiah Maurice, and they go up by eight points with the fast start. And then for whatever reason, Penny subbed in Lomax and Tyler for Boogie and Damian Ball. And now this is the reason why uh, Georgia came charging right back. Right back. Um, but it was a weird substitution when your team was rolling and up eight. But I think it's a reflection of he doesn't, even though they were rolling something didn't sit right with him. He kind of mentioned that in the press conference. So it's, I yeah. think this is going to be an interesting, you know, you can't go into a game like this and feel uncertain and win it. Like that you need oh, to yeah. be confident. Yeah, no, yeah, and yeah. If, and, and, I, and, and it'll be interesting to see if this Georgia game made their confidence waver in any way. Um, and I would say, and you need to, to go through moments like that that trigger it out for sure. Sure, yeah. You, but there's only it, one way. It is, it, it's this is an interesting moment for this team, and it's an interesting moment for Penny Hardaway. I think. Yeah, I I don't know how much. I'm sure that there was a lot of that to the way he handled the Georgia game, but also I would also you know I mean how many times has he done that where. You know, if if things are going well to start the second half, and he brings in his clinchers like Tyler Harris and Alex Lomax, and things get even better, you know. Yeah, no, no, you're right. No, I don't think. I I think when you look at it in a vacuum, in a in a grand scheme, the the subs were fine. Yeah, just yeah, in yeah. a vacuum though. You it, when you looked back, yeah, yeah. like Monday morning quarter, so it's not really fair. You go, eh, it was, yeah, it was and it's the same. Thing. I mean, honestly, it's the same thing in the first half when you know. I mean, like. I'm going to be uh, like to be totally honest his insistence on playing Jaden Hardaway his son doesn't make a lot of sense. Um I don't know if that's ever going to stop. I mean like to be quite honest, I don't think as, it is. As someone who watched him coach in high school in AAU, like he played Jaden then when, and you'd go eh. um but Georgia made a run when Jaden was in the game and it wasn't just Jaden's fault. No, he just happened not. to be in the game yeah. too. Yeah. Um but if he's not provide like me Jaden is a good good shooter who should be used as that, not as a rotation piece. I would agree with that. Um, and and to be fair to Penny, he doesn't usually play him in the second half. Right. Um, but the question is, you know, I, I don't know. It, it feels like, but at the same time, it's not like he's been any, any like, it's not like Malcolm and Lance and Isaiah have been any more or less reliable than Jaden. So you can't, I mean, like, it's that's what I'm saying. It was interesting. Like last week at the radio show, didn't he say he thought they had like the best depth in the country? Oh yeah. And like that's just not true. It's yeah. just not oh, yeah. I mean, they I- have a lot of guys, but like 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 I said, there's really only so far this year four guys that you really feel comfortable about. Yeah. 
I mean, let's, like, like to be perfectly honest, like Damien, turn, Damien, you don't know what version of him you're going to get. He looks like a typical, you know, and it's not like a knock on him. He looks like a typical freshman. Like one game, he, he has flashes of, oh my gosh, this guy can be really good, and then flashes of just boneheaded plays. That's Correct. what freshman point guards typically do. Yep. It's what Alex Lomax, Lomax the last year. That's right. right. Um, you know, you know, Boogie Ellis does not seem comfortable at all um, and has not been the shooter score. And I don't know if it's him struggling, if it's – I think it's probably more likely just him trying to find where his spots are in this system. That, to me, is the is the most confounding thing of the, se- of the entire season It so feels far. like that's the thing that can – you know, if this team's going to go far this year – He's got to turn a corner. That's the guy, yeah. you know, who's not him and him, Lance. Him, Lance, Tyler. Of those three, like Tyler's produced some this he year has, at least. Yeah. Uh, he's had had some moments, but he's also also some really high moments. Yeah, but um, no, Boogie was Boogie had ten and five. He's a the, top fifty recruit. He had ten and five first half against mm-hmm. Georgia. Great, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that you'll take. He that. was really aggressive. Still wasn't really. He hit his first shot, but still. Has but not found his range shooting. Yeah, but you'll take that, right? You'll take ten and five from mm-hmm. a freshman guard in the thirteenth game of the year, in the first half. Second half, zero points, three rebounds. Now he is a reliable defender. I'll give him that. That's true. Um, no, I mean that's that's true. He just hasn't looked like he just hasn't looked comfortable. It's not that he's played bad. He just hasn't looked comfortable. And I think his comfortability is play is an area where. This this can really get bet better. Yeah. Like if you're looking looking at how can this team get better as we move along in conference play and and try to position themselves as a team that makes a run in the postseason. It's to me it's boogie elevating his play. It's one of those whether it's Lance or Malcolm or Isaiah, one of those guys or so, having some sort of rotation there where you have at least one other reliable guy you can play 10 to 15 minutes and feel decent about it down low. Um and that that I mean those are two major major areas and then and and then you know maybe cutting down rather than averaging 7 18 turnovers a game, averaging 14 or 15 turnovers a game, you know, and I if I was Penny, I'd be pressing more. Yeah. Um because didn't this seem team like they did much of that at all against Well, Georgia. this team in half court sets isn't great. They just aren't like like Penny runs a lot of pick and roll. He runs an NBA style offense that takes it, you know, trying to take advantage of mismatches, but they're not good at entry passes into the post. They're not they haven't not been good about getting precious the ball. I think precious will be more effective if if they were more effective at giving the ball in the right spots in half court sets. DJ's been good in half court sets. Alo's been good in half court sets, but for the most part, like they're at their best when they're getting up and down. Transition, and they're yeah. and, and recently they have not against good teams, they have not been able they to do it as yeah. much. Like against Tennessee, they weren't able to really. Yeah. Um this game against Georgia, they weren't really able to. Probably when be they, able to against Wichita. When they rolled against UAB, it was when they got the pace pacing. Yeah. The old miss game, they got the pace going. Um, so that's, that's something to keep an eye on. I think if I, but, but at the same time we saw in that, if you can't rely on Lance or, you know, even in that Georgia game, I mean, precious got tired and I don't know if you have the, if you can't rely on some of those guys, I, you know, maybe you can't press because you don't have the depth you thought you did. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, no, that's absolutely a factor. Uh, one last thing about the Georgia game. You know, we, we talked earlier about how uh, Georgia's game plan was to just cut off the distribution mm-hmm. lane lane for Alex Lomax. How many field goals do you think he attempted in that last 435? Like, if he can't pass it. It was one. I mean, if you're counting one where he got fouled, he got fouled and took missed the free throws. But that doesn't count as a field goal attempt. So zero? Correct. Yeah. He Didn't, played right into there. He did exactly what Tom Crean wanted. Yeah. And um, like I said, you know, there's some games. It's not a knock. You know, one coach is going to outcoach the other in a lot of these games. Yep. And, some, you know, and it, frankly, it's just not going to always be Penny outcoaching or the other team and no, in this one tom crean got the better of him because yeah. he he went in, went into i mean when you look at it, it he went into fedex for his number one number one jake shot four of 17 and he beat a top 10 team on the road and so you know credit to him um and hopefully you know now if you're a memphis fan i mean you're like you you should be rooting in every game they're not playing Memphis. You should be rooting for Cincinnati. You should be rooting for UConn. SMU. You should, SMU. You want these games. These teams need to get back in the top 75 of the net ranking so that their road games Memphis plays against them will count as quadrant one games. Um, and you need to be rooting for Tennessee to get it. It's, it's, as weird as that sounds, like like you need Tennessee to see to be in the top seventy five. Five top, uh, yeah, top seventy five. So that road win counts as a quadrant one win. Uh, you want them to get their act together. Uh, you want NC State to be better than a middle of the pack ACC team. You want them to be an upper tier, you know, fifth, sixth, fourth, fifth, sixth best ACC team. Um, so. It's gonna be fascinating to watch, but it's uh it's an interesting time to to be following Memphis basketball because um one, it, it's it's nice, it's refreshing that it's all so important. You know? Like, yeah. You didn't feel this important even even a year ago. Uh, um, because it wasn't like like you expecting an NCNCA tournament. Last yeah, your non conference finale is a big is a big darn deal. I mean, how and in this game again, like you know, when's the last time they've played an, a conference game with this high of stakes? It's been a while. Yeah. I mean, there were some games, you know, the Tubby era. There were never really games like this. Even and even last year, right. there, there wasn't a game that felt this important, and that's yeah. a good sign for the program yeah. and what they've done so far. And, and like I said, I wouldn't draw too much into one loss, and I wouldn't draw too much even if they, if they lose Wichita game, um, because it's hard to win at Wichita. And and I and like I said, I think the Georgia game, if they have DJ Jeffries, they win. And so now, if they lose to South Florida. The following next next weekend, oh, hit that on the road. Button. Then yeah, then we start. Hit that you know, then you start button. worrying. But um, who's to say they can't go? And I, I this team, you know, they went into Tennessee and won. Maybe you know they've been pretty a pretty resilient group up until Saturday. Yep. And who's to say they can't go into Wichita and ruin those people's night? It and make be, them go home and go, man, what am I going to do with my life now? I live in Wichita, and we can't even beat Memphis in Wichita. <laughs> yeah, no, that would that would be um, that would be huge. I mean, given where they are at this current, uh, you know, at this at this point in time, that would be that would be enormous for uh, for Memphis to go and get that win. And 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 I mean, just to be completely candid, I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's that much of a stretch. 
to say, I mean, especially given what we saw, um, I guarantee you, Memphis, uh, the coaching staff is studying that East Carolina game, game film, game film really, really, really hard right now to see exactly what East Carolina did to um, to put a uh, to put a scare into the Shockers. Um, so I don't know. It's it's uh, I, I think as long as they get DJ Jeffries back, a hundred percent. Um, and, and yeah, like you said, Tyler plays better than he did against Georgia. Uh, Lance, you know, if you can get him to take a step forward, then, then it's, it's certainly not out, out the realm of possibility that Memphis goes and steals a victory on the road against a, a place that's not easy to win. So, so, um, so yeah, it's, it's, but it is, as you alluded to a second ago, this, this has become, a very interesting season. I mean, there's never it's a dull, already, already going to be. A, yeah, it's it's been a fascinating season, and now it's it's nice to be talking about the games again. For sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This the, it, what's happening on the court matters, and and it's it's nice to finally be here. All right. Well, we will uh, we will come back and uh, do another one of these next week. After the, the Chita game, after after the USF road road trip, we'll both be there. We'll both be both be all right. Yeah, I'm not going. Not going. Not I was going to go to Tampa if James was coming back, but he's not coming back. We he's, sort of he signed with, that. but since we last joined you, he officially signed with an agent. So, oh yeah, that's right. Uh, that is over. And then oh, we we didn't even mention Greg Brown visited this weekend. He did. Um, I, I reached out to him, didn't get a response, but um, I saw him at Briarcrest on Saturday night. He was there. He was there with Mike Miller. Um, and then uh, Lester, Malcolm, and Alex Lomax were all there as well. Um, and he seemed went, like he was having a good time. Yeah, he went on Instagram and posted a few photos of himself in a Memphis jersey. Still think Memphis is on the outside, outside in on that recruitment. I think everybody is, if you're not named Texas. But, uh, but it we'll feels see. like Texas. He's going to Kentucky next week, and he just added a Michigan visit recently. So um, a lot of competition for him. He feels like one. You're gonna to have to get Jalen Green first to really right. even, and even then, I don't know if it's gonna be enough. His dad, his dad played football at Texas, and his mom is a women's basketball was a women's basketball player at Texas, and he lives right outside of Austin. So yeah. it would be an upset for Texas not to get him. I think, right. um, but I think Kentucky and Memphis are contenders. Uh, yeah, I mean, who so. knows? I mean. And Auburn as well, I believe, is okay. in the mix. So yeah. um, we'll be interested to see what he does. Penny says he's comfortable with his position in 2020 recruiting. They don't have any signees. Um, they're in the mix for Jalen Green and, and Greg Brown. If they get both of them, it's a phenomenal class. If they miss out on both of them, uh, they're going to be scrambling a little bit. So Yeah, that's I would say that's a fair assessment. Yeah, very, you know. High, high, very high and low. Um, but we'll join you next week, break down the Wichita and USF games, and, and we'll be getting ready at that point for uh, Cincinnati. A, Cincinnati, yeah, a home game against Cincinnati that is still pretty interesting, but Cincinnati looks like it's a little bit of a mess right now. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it'll be uh, should be a fun week, uh, even though they are uh, Memphis is going to be away from FedEx Forum. Till next time, oh, make sure you check out commercialpeel.com because. 
we're going to Wichita. We're going to have lots of coverage from there. Um, and, and, and there'll be tons of stuff. There's something this weekend I think you, you should keep your eyes out for as well, as well, that's been working on for a while, a project that will debut uh, in the commercial this weekend. Uh, I don't want to – just check it out. I don't want to give a, give away any any more hints than that. Unless you I'm do. comfortable, I'm comfortable with with talking about uh, how long it's taken to sort of pull it together um, and how many hours have gone into it. But it is. It's. I think. I think. I think you'll enjoy it. We'll just put it. We'll just leave it at that. Yes, Memphis basketball fans will like it, and uh, I'm looking forward to to reading it uh, as well. So uh, till next time, I was Mark, joined by Jason. Thanks so much, and. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week. The Tiger Basketball Podcast can be found each week during the regular season at CommercialAppeal.com. You can also subscribe for free to the Tiger Basketball Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. The Tiger Basketball Podcast is a production of the Commercial Appeal.